And now, as the dice roll, brought to you today by Uber. Move the way you're forced to when carpooling with someone you barely know. Previously on What Is Not. My name is Mildred Stratton. Tell me, dear, where's the key? If you hear from Ambrose, can you uh, can you tell him that we're uh, we're looking for him? We're a little little concerned. The stoniness of them seems to just kind of melt down. It seems as though right before he was turned to stone, he saw a girl with terrifying eyes. You caused an explosion to help that girl, Daisy, escape. Did they transform her into a Gorgon? they captured her and transformed her into a Gorgon. Maybe they mixed her DNA with Basilisk DNA. We definitely have to go talk to Flawless. In the sand of the Mojave Desert in California, off historic Route 66, sits a small desert town called Baghdad. We have some ancient prophecy that something bad is going to go down in Baghdad. It's a town of shadows and secrets. Things aren't as they seem, but we're still not quite sure what's going on. Where bumps in the night aren't the house settling. Trying to find answers. And the monster under your bed lies in wait for your foot to leave the safety of your covers. My mom used to tell me all these weird stories about monsters, but I didn't really believe anything she said because, you know, that's crazy talk. It's a world where cultists spend their days pushing papers at the DMV and their nights summoning ancient creatures from the dread beyond. Maybe something happened down at Cryptocore. The expert. Susan Donaldson. The town vet. The freelancer. People call me Beth. Hunting is sort of just like a business that I'm in. The deathless. Bruce the zombie and his father cast a spell to bring him back. The initiate. Donovan Elaine, part of an ancient order of monster hunters. The Monstrous. Zeke Solardier. He works for Cryptocore, which is his family's corporation. It's a town where it's very hard to tell what is real and what is not. Welcome to Baghdad. You are all, as far as I can tell, at Titan Armory, and you're in the barn with these two gentlemen and a lot of cryptids, and what are you going to do? Well, I think we've gotten out of Gary, and I look at the convenience store clerk. What's your name? Uh, My name's Steven. And Steven, what we need, you know, I feel like they need to go to the hospital and get checked out. Is there someone that could take you, pick you up? They kind of look at each other. They're still a little discombobulated because, you know, statues. Oh, I saw on the internet, we could uh, we could get them an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody will come drive them for us. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Let's, let's, let's get an Uber. <laughs> Bruce, do you want to quarter an Uber for them? Bruce prefers life. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, we know what the cold open is going to be this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> Donovan's going to go over to the two folks that just got turned back from statues. And he's going to say to them, it's probably best if you don't talk to anybody, don't tell anybody about this whole weird experience and the lost time and everything, because frankly, nobody's going to believe you. It's going to make you sound crazy. And you're better off just saying, make something up. You've had the flu for however long you've been out, something like that, just for your own protection. Gary is all for this because he was very terrified of you guys thinking that you were Cryptocore workers. In fact, I think Zeke actually showed him a Cryptocore badge. So he like makes the little locking his lips with a key and tossing the key sign and then salutes you and probably will not say anything until the Uber gets there. <laughs> but Steven gives you a very suspicious look and kind of nods like, okay, all right. But he also doesn't really have much more of a comment to share after that. So basically, what was just said by Donovan is, you didn't see anything here. (laughs) Exactly. You saw nothing. (laughs) Nothing happened. The penguins that are like, you didn't see anything. (laughs) Exactly. Can we persuade Steven to not say anything? Or does it matter? Well, that's up to you. There's definitely a move for that. Somebody can roll manipulate someone. Do we need to manipulate him? I, I know. Mean, I mean, do it like does it matter like if he starts talking? I don't think anyone's going to believe him. I mean, if he says anything, it's probably not the first time somebody in this community has told some crazy story about something weird. Yeah. So it's probably not a big deal. And who would believe him anyway? I mean, what's he going to say? I've been a solid exactly. statue for days on end and now I'm <laughs> But I got better. <laughs> Okay, I think we just wait for the the car to come and... How about we just, like, let them go in their upper Or lift. That's the lift. Lift. And we'll just, like, keep an eye on them. Like, on Steven. Because Gary is like, um, no, I didn't do anything, didn't see anything, wasn't here, never saw me, we never met. <laughs> exactly. I think we have Bruce track their social media accounts and just yes. keep tabs That's on. a good idea. And there which we one go. is uh, wearing the unicorn glasses? That would be Gary. Okay. Does he give him back? I was going to say, can we like go on Amazon and order a tracking device or something? <laughs> Place them on the unicorn glasses. I don't think you have too much to worry about from Gary. Gary has been working for Cryptocore for a while now and asks no questions because he wants no troubles. Cannot promise the same thing from Steven, but again, as you said, what is he going to say? That people are going to be like, oh, okay, sure. That's concerning. Then Bruce sends him an invite to be his friend on Baghdad Book. (laughs) (laughs) He looks at it. He gets the notification and he looks at it and then he kind of side-eyes Bruce. And he looks at it and he side-eyes Bruce. And then he looks at it. He makes a, a show of very slowly and hesitantly accepting the friend request and then puts it back in his pocket. Bruce goes in for a hug. (laughs) (laughs) he puts up his hand and he's like whoa dude not into that he doesn't like zombies that's rude i think he doesn't like hugs (laughs) bruce offers a fist bump 
he reluctantly gives it to him more in the hopes that he'll leave him alone than actually being invested in the fist bump. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have some things to decide. We have a key to hide and wait, are they gone? Yeah, we can say that they, yeah. Yeah. We have a key to hide and a drag queen to visit and, you know, a missing Ambrose to be worried about and a missing cheerleader who could turn any of us into stone at any moment. I'm thinking that hiding the key and visiting the drag queen might be able to be combined into one. This sounds like it might be a good hiding spot. Oh. Drag queens are notorious for being able to hide things very well. true what is it's happening true. in this episode <laughs> did we determine what we're going to wear when we go see the drag queen uh that is an important question oh that's I think important. That important yes no bruce was very concerned about this yes he's very concerned okay so that means we go back to the armory and spruce up and then head downtown is that what everybody wants to do sure mm-hmm. yeah sure all right so what does sprucing up look like for everybody <laughs> Where to begin? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think Donovan has any nicer clothes than what he's wearing anyway. So he's basically just going to comb his hair and put on a clean shirt. That's about all he can do. Do we need to take a side trip to Goodwill for Donovan's benefit on our way to that? <laughs> I mean, not right away. <laughs> Is Bruce picking out everyone's outfit or... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering. Bruce lightens up to that idea and, and starts thinking very hard. I think that's more concerning than the cryptids at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta look good for flawless, right? It's true. I would say that the cryptids have opted to stay in the armory. They feel like they have a little bit more room there. They're trying to figure out exactly what their next moves are since they're not in Baghdad by choice. Okay, I, I check in with Bat Kid real quick. Hey, are you doing okay? Are you feeling better? He gives you a thumbs up. Okay, good. All right, Bruce, do your worst. Bruce goes through what he can find and quickly assembles the best outfits he can to make us all look like a K-pop band. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Can I have a pink baseball cap? Pink baseball cap, yes. <laughs> Oh, my. All right. Anybody else doing anything before you head over? I think we've been assigned our outfits. Anybody who didn't have ears pierced now has an ear pierced. (laughs) I mean. Earring applied. That feels like a requirement. (laughs) Is there a box in the lab or something that we could hide the key in? I guess I would know this or not. But even if we give it to Flawless to hide for us, I feel like maybe my dad might have had some kind of unobtrusive looking box that could, you know, not be easily opened. Kind of like one of those trick boxes. I think you have a move for this. Oh, my dark past? Trawl through my memories? No, the lair move. Oh, the armory. You have a stockpile of mystical and rare monster killing weapons and items. Oh, okay. So I roll plus weird. All right. Should I do that? Yes. Sorry if that was really loud. <laughs> Scared me. You could cut that out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not a problem. <laughs> okay, that was, that was an eight. <laughs> an eight plus one is a nine. Okay, so on a seven to nine. It says on a seven to nine, you have it, but only the minimum. So you have a safe, 
but it's just a normal safe. It's not like a magically protected safe. So it would prevent against most, you know, non-safe cracker type people. But if somebody came along that had some sort of way to break into a safe or some magical power, like Donovan might very easily be able to get to it if he needed it. Speaking of that, Donovan would like to try casting a spell of magical protection or something on the safe to maybe give it magic defenses. How does that sound? I like that. I think that's definitely something good to do. Do we have concern that even a highly talented drag queen such as Flawless might find it a little more challenging to hide an entire safe than a key? I was going to ask, how big is this safe? (laughs) This presents much more significant challenges than... We could leave it in the armory, too. Um... Which is already, you know, protected and locked and and not many people know about its existence other than Bruce lives there. And since that the smell of Bruce kind of keeps people away anyway. No offense. I'm taken. (laughs) Donovan did cast some protection spells around the lair. So that's already in place. And so if you decide that you're going to put the key into the safe and cast more protective magic, you certainly can do that. I think the idea was to keep it in there until they got permission to leave it with Flawless. Was that? Okay. Well, no, I'm just asking, is that what you were thinking or are we just going to keep it in the lair? Yeah, let's keep it in the lair for now. And then we can ask Flawless if she has an idea about a more permanent hiding place. Okay. All right. So for putting it in the uh, safe, I'll go ahead and do a use magic roll. How many dice do I roll? Two. For this game? Two dice. Two (laughs) Two dice. That is uh, 8 plus 3, 11. Excellent. So you're good to go. Magic works without issues. Choose your effect. Okay, I would like to give an enchantment to the safe that keeps out any magic spell from anybody who isn't me. (laughs) Now, the only two ways to get into this safe is to use the combination, which, Susie, is there anybody who has this code other than you no uh well bruce okay so Susie and bruce have the code if somebody wanted to break into the safe the old-fashioned way totally possible but it is now currently protected against at least most magical infiltration okay to the osha van (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) all right you pile into the osha van all looking spiffy and pierced (laughs) and you're driving downtown to meet flawless is that the plan yeah K-pop music on the radio. All right. (laughs) So you walk into the little downtown storefront that Flawless keeps her fortune-telling mystical shop. The entry room is a little bit like a New Orleans-y-like lounge area. Just beyond that, there looks like a very small mystical item shop with the full cash register. And then there's heavy drapery that conceals a back room, which you cannot see, but you would assume is where Flawless does her readings and whatever things she needs to do with clients, she does back there. And as you walk in, there's the little cha-ching of a bell and you hear Flawless by Mercy Me starts playing. And at like the crescendo of the song, out walks a big, beautiful, busty drag queen. This is obviously Flawless. She's wearing a purple gown and tiger print furs. And she comes in and she's expecting 
you don't know what she's expecting, but when she sees it's you, she goes, oh, and completely deflates <laughs> and hits like a little button on an iPhone or something that stops the music. And she's like, it's you. Uh, were you expecting us? Well, I knew you'd be here eventually, but I was kind of hoping it would not be today. Today is definitely a no bones day. And I was really <laughs> hoping not to have to deal with this kind of stuff. Today. <laughs> uh, a no bones day. Well, we would greatly appreciate your help. Uh, I am sorry about the no bones, but if, if you could sit down with us, we'd be very grateful. We got spruced up. She goes, yeah, I see. And she completely looks you up and down. And she's just like, she's never met Bruce, but she just goes, Bruce, honey, this was not your best work. (laughs) Rude. Bruce holds up a finger to say, wait, and then kind of nudges Donovan to try and get him to do the coordinated dance moves. He was teaching him in the OSHA van. (laughs) Donovan will attempt to do those moves. But I feel like Donovan doesn't know how to dance, so this may not work. Roll act under pressure. What's the modifier for that? Cool? cool. Are, we, are we both rolling for that? No, this is a Donovan thing. Oh, okay, never mind. So that's seven? <laughs> okay, so it looks like it's going to go well, and you're like, I've got this. But as soon as you start thinking, as soon as you start realizing that you've got it, you lose focus, and you end up tripping on something and landing on one of the chairs. And it doesn't break or anything. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Flawless looks at you and goes, all right, that was cute. That's fine. Come on in. (laughs) (laughs) So she waves you into the back room. You walk in. There is a huge table. It looks like it might be used for things like seances. It's big round kind of thing. There's like a big basket in the middle of the table that you can tell holds tarot cards and runes and so crystals. So Flawless is a psychic drag queen. Is this something we knew? Yes, this is her shtick. She's a fortune teller. Yeah, she's a fortune teller. The uh, The psychicness was the reason we actually came. The drag oh. queen is just kind of a side thing. <laughs> All right. Zeke's all forgetful this morning. She realizes that somebody has that question. She may not specifically know that it's Zeke, but she's like, look, there are a lot of people who do what I do, and we need to make ourselves stand out. So that's how you get me, baby. (laughs) And she invites you all to sit down. Flawless, you knew my dad, I think. Did you work with him about some of the strange going-ons in town? Your dad came to me a couple of times, yeah, but um, I wouldn't say that really we worked together. He helped me on occasion, I helped him on occasion, but it was definitely just on a need-to-know kind of basis. Why did you know we were coming? What do you think we're here for? Well, she goes, well, sweetie, my job is not just catering to tourists. This thing's real. And so I knew you'd be here eventually. I've been hearing about all the things you guys have been doing around town. This is nothing new. You are not the first set of hunters to come through that door, and you won't be the last. Wow. I'm very impressed with all that she knows. Well, we do need some help. I turn around to the rest of the group. Do we want to just be blunt about this? It seems like Flawless may already know everything anyway, so I don't yeah. see any reason to hold anything back. Mm-hmm. We're looking for a cheerleader named Daisy, and we think she's dangerous. She's already hurt two people that we've been able to help, but we're worried about others, including ourselves. 
She kind of looks at you like that's not what she was expecting you to say. And so she goes, a cheerleader, huh? Um, Haven't really heard anything about that recently. Tell me more. Well, the main thing, I suppose, is that we found some people who had been turned into stone. And one of the people sounded like he was mad at a teenager who was shoplifting from his store right before he got turned to stone, which makes us suspect this uh, missing cheerleader might have been shoplifting in his store and then turned him to stone, maybe on accident, maybe on purpose, we don't know. But that aside, she's out there in the world with this dangerous power, probably being hunted, and we need to find her for her safety and for the safety of those around her. And we also need to know how to protect ourselves from her. We think that the source of her ability to turn people into stone are these basilisks that are being held by Cryptocore. She raises her eyebrows because there's something about this that is not settling right with her. And so she decides she's going to do a reading and she opens the basket that's on the center of the table and she pulls out a deck of cards. If you are aware of tarot, you can recognize that these are not actually tarot cards specifically, but they are some sort of oracle deck that seem to have different creatures on it. So she starts shuffling the deck and she starts telling you a little bit about what she does know already. She says, all right, so I can tell you these things. Baghdad is not just like any place you can go. Baghdad is a nexus. It is a point where magic meets and becomes very powerful. And that is why so much weird stuff goes on here in Baghdad. A lot of powerful people want this kind of power for themselves and try and tap into this magic and into these ley lines and various sources of power. That's why Cryptocore decided to put their headquarters here. because. Any of the experiments they want to do are going to be much more successful, or at least the power will be boosted by tapping into those energies. What you have all uncovered is something that has been stirring underneath the back alleys of Baghdad for a while, but very few have gotten close to figuring it out. I don't know all the pieces. And I don't know that I can even tell you all the pieces and have you understand how they fit together. But I can give you maybe some clues as to what can move you forward in your quest. So she pulls the first card out of the deck and turns it over. And it is a black wolf-like creature. And at the bottom of the picture, it says omens. And she says, ah, so you have pulled a dark spirit. But this dark spirit is not against you. Even though its powers are dark, its purpose is good. So that's the first thing she turns over. The second thing she turns over is a composite creature. It looks a little bit like Frankenstein's monster, but it's not like a Hollywood Frankenstein monster. It's like something pieced together. But it's not specifically like the Universal Studios Frankenstein. And so she says, oh, something is coming together. And underneath it says, um, composite. And she says, it's 
a creature made of other creatures. It's a combining of powers. Hmm. So she says that that is the second card. She turns over the third card and like her eyes get really big and she looks at Donovan and she says, you've had visions. I, I have. Uh, I have seen what looks to be the end of the world, maybe, or at the very least, it's the end of Baghdad. She holds up the card in two fingers and the face side of the card is facing Donovan. And what you can see is that the card has tentacles on it that seem to be coming from underneath the border of the card at the bottom. And in that white border where the words are on all the other cards, it says the end. So I think that card means they should finish off their next meal with fried calamari. Right? Right. Hello, I'm Joe Hogan, the editor of As the Dice Roll. I hope you're enjoying this episode of What Is Not. We're almost done with 2021. And if you're looking for a New Year's resolution for the new year, maybe let your friends know about us. With a full season of Cautious Optimism complete and a year of adventure and mystery under our belt, we're not planning on going anywhere anytime soon. So invite your friends to join us as we enter our second year of As the Dice Roll. We're proud of our little venture here and really want a chance for as many people as possible to hear it. So your word of mouth makes all the difference. Now, you don't just have to send your friends our way and then leave them high and dry. Head over to the As the Dice Roll channel over on the geek to geek Media Slack. If you want to start chatting with us in real time over on Slack, you can find it by going to the Contact Us tab on the network website at geek 2 And while you're there, you can also join the geek to geek Media Discord server. You can also follow us on Twitter at As the Dice Roll RP, on Instagram at As the Dice Roll, or send us an email at podcast at asthedicerollcast.com. If you want to hear more from the rest of our cast, you can catch Katie on Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, and Disney Forever. You can listen to Todd on his podcasts, Nerdberg Review and Farming Simulated. And of course, you can always listen to me on my podcast, Geektitude. That's it for me this week. I'll be back here this Friday, December 31st, with the next episode of Cautious Optimism. And because we launched on January 1st of 2021, we will have officially reached one year of As the Dice Roll. Until then, let's see what the the end card means right after a quick commercial break. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community all dedicated to geeking out about the things we love things like video games star wars comics movies k-pop disney plus keanu reeves new or whatever our community decides is the next best thing that's right we have a great online community on slack and discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers and each other Yep, and each other in real time, and we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. The card has tentacles on it that seem to be coming from underneath the border of the card at the bottom. And in that white border 
where the words are on all the other cards, it says the end. Well, that's pretty uh, profound because in my vision, I see tentacles coming up from a giant hole in the middle of Baghdad. So the cheerleader is our immediate concern, but big picture, we would like to prevent the end of the world and everything too. So any, any guidance or help you can give us on that front would be appreciated. I'm going to have to say that when I saw you all walk in here, I knew you were working on something big and that I would need to help you, but I didn't realize it was this big. She's very serious. All the snark has gone away. All the attitude has gone away. This is very concerning to her. She gathers up the cards again and then kind of tosses them into the basket, not irreverently, but, you know, just kind of to just a little bit out of research, tosses it a little bit. And I guess everybody, this is not, this is not for experience. So don't mark experience if you don't get a good roll, but everybody roll 2d6 and tell me what they get. Oh, did I, did I, should I have gotten experience for not being able to do the dance moves earlier? Uh, no, cause you got a seven. So you were able to do it a little bit, but you didn't fail completely. Okay. I got a six. I got a seven. Seven. I got a 10. I got snake eyes. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Todd sees no cards. <laughs> the cards, oh he just doesn't see them. No. What do you add to them? I think you add, is it smart? Is that the stat? For what? Mind, smart. Sharp. <laughs> uh, so it's still two. 10 for me. Yeah, and I'm 10 as well. I'll be seven. Okay. I'm sorry. I've been reading a bunch of different Powered by the Apocalypse games, and they all use like different four stats. They're all the same stats, basically, but they just use four different words. And so I'm like, is it sharp? Is it mine? What is it? So Susie and Zeke both see that the cards, when they land, one of them lands face up, and there's nothing on it. Like, they're blank cards. The cards themselves in the deck are blank. You mean the ones that she had put there were, yeah, wow. Hmm. Very seriously, she says, the spirit that's following you, you need to contact. You need to find a way to contact that spirit. Because that spirit is one of the only things that can help you end what is currently going on. Are you talking about the black wolf? She says, that's what was on the card. But what that means to you may be something different than it means to me. How do we contact that creature? And you said it's following us, so... It knows where we are. It's attached to you in some way. You've done an action that has made it take notice of you. And so when it reveals itself again, you need to try and make contact with it and see if you can get it on your side. Can it speak? I don't know what the nature of the spirit is. As I said, it might be something different for you than it is for me. She says, the second card was a composite. It means that there are a lot of things coming together. The end of this is not going to be a single problem. It's going to be a lot of things that you've been gathering pieces of this entire time that you're going to have to connect. And she says, in the end, I feel like that is not necessarily connected to the other two. The other two are more immediate, the past and present. But future, future is terrifying, my friends. All of Baghdad, if not all of the world, is relying on you. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then she kind of gets all sassy again. She goes, no pressure. <laughs> wow. 
Why is it always on us? Why? Does Beth actually say that or is that a Katie comment? <laughs> I think that was Beth. That was Beth. She's just mad now. <laughs> she says, well, girlfriend, if you weren't so good at this, maybe it wouldn't be. <laughs> she says, well, I am limited in how I can help. I can tell you what I know. I only know what I'm allowed to know at any given point in time. But what I see here is much bigger than you realize. And she looks at Zeke and she's like, your company is just the tip of the iceberg of something much, much bigger. Hmm. So the fact that these cards were blank when we saw her toss them down suggests that she has perhaps her own powers of foresight beyond just tarot reading kind of things. Are you asking me, asking her, asking the universe? (laughs) (laughs) I guess asking you, although we could ask her. Well, you can ask her, yeah. We noticed your cards are actually blank. Are you um, a mystic? Yo, sweetie, do you think I just do this for for the tourists and for the people? The (laughs) tourists are for the money, sweetie. This is a curse that I have to deal with every day. Did you get the curse because you're here in this town? It's more like I'm here because I got the curse. One of the things that we came here specifically for is because we were informed of a vision, a future where we are in stone. And in order for us to solve this problem, we need to be able to protect ourselves and either from the basilisks or the cheerleader. Do you know how we can do that? She kind of looks at you and she looks around and she just kind of closes her eyes. She takes a moment and then she opens them and she says, not everything is solvable by force. Hmm. Sometimes you have to solve with words. Okay. Is there anything else we want to ask her? Um, Bruce gets on his phone and types up a little message and shows it to her saying, do you know my daddy? (laughs) (laughs) She looks at him kind of sadly, like you can see that she feels bad for him. And she says, you're not ready for the answer to that question yet. What? Bruce tears up a little bit. Zeke wants to know if, the words that might solve this problem, she means spoken words or written word? I've just got words. She says, I've got words. That's that's what I can give you. She looks at him again. She's like, if I gave you everything, <laughs> <laughs> there would be no point to moving forward with this mystery. <laughs> One final thing. We have a key that we need to hide uh, from someone oh, yeah. that we don't trust. Do you have any idea how we can safely conceal this key from someone who may be able to magically reveal its location. She kind of, uh, she says, a key. I have not seen a key. Let me look. Let me look and see what I've got. And uh, um, she pulls out a group of like different stones and she tosses them down and looks at them. And she says, the key is not what's important. What the key hides and contains is what you have to protect. She says, but I don't see any immediate danger to the key now, 
but it is something that will have to be dealt with soon. Do you know where Vic is? I haven't seen Vic in weeks. But I can tell you this thing. She says, I can tell you, Vic, if you see Vic, you listen to that person. They know what they're talking about. So I think we need to find Vic. Yeah. Do you know how to find Vic? Because I don't. No. Okay. Maybe the Black Wolf can help us find Vic. If the Black (laughs) Wolf is following us, maybe it knows where Vic is. What do you think we did to draw the Black Wolf's attention? What didn't we do? Well, it may not be a literal black wolf either, right? Right. But there was the missing black wolf, and it makes a lot of sense because that was the dog that escaped. Mm. But she did say that it may not look like a black wolf to us. So I think that it sounds to me like that's kind of a, a metaphorical dark creature, perhaps, that it's could be anything, but just something dark that's watching us. Okay. Nevertheless, if we see it, we probably shouldn't shoot it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Do we need to ask her anything else? Do we want to ask her about Ambrose? Or I don't know how much else she's going to be able to help us. But I can't think of anything. I feel like she's given us some good, solid advice. So do we need coffee now? Because I feel like we need to uh, mull this over. And she goes, okay, before you go, though. And she she takes out a pen and she writes down on a piece of paper. She goes, this is a little pressing. And she pushes it towards the center of the table and then leans back. What does it say? Well, it's face down right now. Oh, go ahead, Donovan. Okay, yeah, Donovan will reach over and leaving it on the table, but just flipping it over so everyone can see. It is an invoice for $175. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Do you accept Sal or Venmo? <laughs> she goes, oh, God, yes, I do Venmo. <laughs> Nobody does cash or checks anymore. You know, if the world ends by a giant tentacle demon or whatever, your payment won't matter anymore, lady. So Susie grabs her phone and, and pays her with a 20% tip. <laughs> awesome. She's like, oh, I like you. Look at that. You can come back anytime you want. We may. We may. And thank you, Flawless. We, we really appreciate you and your help and support. She's like, two things. You be careful out there. And you make sure you don't bring any of that negative juju back in here. Okay. That's all I ask. <laughs> Next time on What Is Not. I feel like the easiest thing we can do first is to summon the dark spirit and get some more information. Do we need to break into the library? What's Mildred's deal? Like, is Mildred straight up evil we could maybe try and capture mildred and then pump her for information you've been listening to as the dice roll the as the dice roll intro music is the soap opera by james bowers you can find and license his music through pond5 at pond5.com all the rest of the music in this episode is by darren curtis and can be found at darrencurtismusic.com. The opening voiceover is by our very own Rob Sometimes. You can find his podcast at comicbox.libsyn.com. And the As the Dice Roll logo was created by Marcel Edwards. Check out her book, No Great Matter, at msedwards.com. As the Dice Roll is a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. Check out other geek to geek shows, streams, and content 
at geek2geekmedia.com. If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to podcast at asthedicerollcast.com. Individual players and GMs, social media can be found on our website at asthedicerollcast.com. 